Hello and welcome to the JNN podcast. My name is Jeanette. For this week, uh, since I am away from the apartment where me and Mira record, I decided to have a special episode with my very dear friend, Hazar Eskandar. Say hi. <laughs> hi, everyone. Uh, I'm so glad to be here with Jeanette. I've known her for about five years, half a decade, and this is my first podcast. Yeah. Uh, do you have any other fun facts? Or well, I'm really excited because the movie we're reviewing today uh, is a Sandy B movie, and she is my favorite A-list actor in Hollywood. Um, I'm also Syrian, so yeah, Jeanette is pretty international with her friends. <laughs> Okay, cool. <laughs> Today we are going to be talking about um, the 1995 rom-com, While You Were Sleeping. It was directed by John Turtletub. Uh, Turtletub directed uh, movies like The National Treasure and The Make. And this film was written by Daniel G. Sullivan and Frederick LeBeau. This was their first and only screenplay ever produced. Um, the film debuted in April 21st, 1995. I received info from Wikipedia, Washington Post, and BuzzFeed. So yeah, do you want to go over the characters, like the cast? Yeah, um, so uh, this film stars Sandra Bullock. Uh, she plays Lucy, uh, kind of like alone. Uh, a woman who's like in her early 30s I believe she was 31 when she was filming this um, project and uh, you know she works at a train station she doesn't have a boyfriend she has an apartment she has a cat it's basically the usual lovable character that Sandra Bullock always plays where we have this you know really you know fun and tomboyish uh, woman who is very likable but somehow doesn't always manage to uh, hold on to like things like families or relationships and um, she basically uh, falls in love with this guy that uh, comes up at her trace station which is uh, he uh, Jack uh, he that played by Bill Pullman yeah um, Bill Pullman plays Jack Callahan and you might know him in Independence Day and like a lot of like nine, 90s action films like recently he's been in um, that one like The Sinner right like that one show well he was actually also I've recently watched uh, this show uh, which is Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist and he oh, I think was a wonderful I think that's Peter Gallagher oh that's oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> mix them up <laughs> yep but yeah, um, but yeah, Bill Pullman. Like I feel like that he's kind of like semi-retired. Yeah, I know he he was in The Sinner, and that was like his first like role that like he's got a lot of praise for. Yeah, since like his like nineties, you know, peak basically. Um, I haven't seen it, but maybe you guys have seen it. <laughs> uh, then there's also Peter Gallagher. That was the guy that you were talking yeah. about. Peter Gallagher, who is, you know, 
always and is currently like kind of like a very you know handsome likable character uh he was in bad moms yeah. too he's also known for like having like this like these like bushy eyebrows there's just i think they're wonderful yeah. i mean i think that uh i believe he was also he played like uh, the role of the guy that uh in american beauty that the wife has an affair with um, or was that someone else i don't think he was in there i think he, it was someone else it was someone else okay. i don't know it's been a while since i've watched american yeah beauty. but he is he's definitely i mean he was in zoe's extraordinary playlist yes, of the most I recent things because every time <laughs> I remember watching it with Miles, and, like, he has, like, the same expression, like, where he looks excited. I, yeah. Or, like, I mean, I, th- I thought, I thought he, he, he did a really good job. I mean, he's very likable on screen, and he definitely, you know, I, I feel like a lot of those actors that were kind of, like, in the 90s were, like, the love interests are now mostly playing, like, dad roles. Oh, yeah, because I feel like it's almost the same thing probably with Sandra Bullock yeah like now she's playing like maybe like a single mom or like that work mom or or you know a criminal who got backstabbed and now (laughs) she has to hire a bunch of other criminals to steal a necklace which I loved I actually loved Ocean's 8 the first time I watched it I wasn't that into it but then I watched it again and I you know I, I don't think I've ever seen a Sandra B movie that I was like this is unwatchable. Like, I have loved all her films. Um, especially, I mean, is this your favorite movie? Oh, what? yeah. This is one of my favorite This movies. is one of your favorite movies. Yeah. One of my favorite films is The Proposal. And um, that is, like, the, that was the movie that introduced me to Sandra Bullock. Like, it was the first time I've seen it. Um, seen her, and I was like, oh, my God, I really love her. And um, I just love her energy, and she just, you know... Even though sometimes she plays, like, awful characters or, like, kind of, like, hard-to-work-with characters, like, in the movie The Hate, um, she is still very, very much likable. Uh, it's very difficult to, you know, not yeah. watch a film and be like, I don't like her character well, in I think, movie. I think it's just, like, she just has, like, that aura and then also that face. Yes. Like, I feel like she doesn't have, like, a, like an intimidating face. What do you think, like, prompted, uh, you know, the, them to cast Sandra B for this film? Uh, well, actually, um, they, I think, like, she did a monologue, and I think it was the monologue that was in the um, film where she basically uh, confesses to uh, Peter, who's in a coma, and, like, she, perf- you know, tells him, like, hey, like, I'm, this is all, like, fake. Like, I'm not really your fiance, but I felt like this was the first time I fell in love. Yeah, or I've been in a family that loves me back. And I think that was when the casting director and also Turtle Tub that said, like, yeah, this is this is our this is her. Yeah, I also believe it's because there are just certain roles that I feel like only someone like Sandra B can play. Because um, she is, I think she's like one of the most beautiful actresses, but she doesn't have that look of someone that, especially when she plays her roles, she knows how to look the part. Like in this film, she definitely played uh, someone who isn't necessarily very good at like taking care of the way they appear. She's always wearing like oversized sweaters, kind of like her dad's uh, quote, uh, like her co- his coat and like, you know, manly shoes. 
and uh, you know that kind of like no makeup look and and she doesn't really care because she the plot of this film you know to go back to it is that the whole reason why she uh, works at a train station is because she had to move back to you know move to Chicago while her dad was you know at the time terminally ill and so she dropped out of school so she is very selfless in that sense. So, um, yeah, continue to talk about the storyline. Yeah. Um, next we have Peter Boyle, who plays Ox, and he's Peter and Jack's father. Like, I know him from Young Frankenstein. He plays the, um, the monster that comes alive. And he also plays in as Raymond's father and everybody loves Raymond. Oh. Yeah, he's the guy that says holy crap. Like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I, I just remember that cuz that was some like that was a show that my dad watched all the time. But yeah, I I don't know I don't know him much because I'm actually one of those people that when I started to get into my 20s, I started to watch older movies because when I grew up in the 90s, my focus was more of like cartoons, animated films. And then when I was older, I started to watch things that were coming out, and, you know, in time. That's why I only know Sandra B when The Proposal came out because I thought that was like the first time she was in a movie because that was the first time I saw her in a movie. And then I was like, no, she has like a lot of movies under her hair belt before that. Yeah, I mean, because like, also, I, I would say, like, most of the older uh, characters, like, the ones that play, like, the parents and then, like, the neighbor, um, they're mostly people who are known for, um, like, very popular w roles during, like, the 60s and 70s, and then, like, are now, like, still, you know, trying, probably, like, trying to make by, probably semi-retired, I, I don't know, I wasn't in their shoes, but... I'm assuming they have a lot of money and they probably invested in other things outside of yeah. the film industry like and wineries I, and restaurants. Yeah, and I think like this was technically an indie film, like if you think about it, because yeah. it was under, uh, it was still owned by Disney, but it's under like their, like, I would say indie production. It was Hollywood um, Films, I think, or Hollywood Pictures, and... Well, I believe it was, like, Disney's way of making more of, like, the adult type of content without yeah. having it tarnish the Disney, you know, uh, image of kind yeah. of, like, very G-rated content. But I'm pretty sure they still made a lot of money off of it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's still, it was, like, pretty popular. Um, I think, like, a lot of people were just shocked that it didn't win so many awards. Like... Because it, it was, like, a pretty good story. I think it's still a pretty good story to this day. I feel yeah. like we definitely, in storytelling, have lost uh, a lot of the innocence that this movie brought in terms of the love story, uh, the innocence of, like, wanting to belong to a family. Uh, definitely the setting during Christmas time and New Year's, which is always a very magical setting. Uh, and having, uh, you know, the time constraint too. Like the one Disney thing about this film is that Sandra Bullock falls in love with um, the character, like Jack, she falls in love with him within a week. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was like interesting the second time I watched the film, I was like, oh, yeah, it was just a week. And she's like, I love you, that's... Yeah, but I think like also we were, were so like taught into, um having 
like very like a time movie where it's like oh like everything needs to happen like like the t- like the clock is ticking almost. yeah like I know in action films like it's very important to like have it within three hours like you know in, in yeah in they the, that they set it up within like you know it's like everything happens in 24 hours or like somebody yeah. gets murdered or like <laughs> in this specific uh, film I think the ticking clock was that you know how long can you put someone in a coma <laughs> yeah and I think it's like how long can you like keep this lie going yeah exactly uh, I'll like go quickly through the actors and then I'll talk about the backstory so uh, Jack Warden he plays Sol Tuttle and he's the Callahan's family friend uh, he played in All Presence Men and Brian's Song uh, then you have Glynis Johns, who plays Elsie, and just so you know, she is the mom from Mary Poppins. What? Yeah. That, that lady was the mom. <laughs> that is fascinating. Um, next we have Nicole Mercurio, who plays Midge, and she's the mom of Peter and Jack. Then you have Jason Bernard. He plays Jerry Wallace, uh, Lucy's boss. And then he finally have Michael Rispoli, who plays Joe Fusco Jr. <laughs> uh, Joe Fusco Jr. He was so... It was such an interesting character, but we'll talk about him more. Yeah. Uh, so let's go to the backstory. Um, it was originally going to be a man falling in love with an unconscious woman. However, when uh, Sullivan and LeBeau kind of were pitching it around people felt that they couldn't they don't think like a famous actress would be like just applying for a role just to be in a coma for most of the film and then they also felt that it would be a bit creepy to have a guy with like a woman who's unconscious so they decided to change the sex of it I th- I'm glad that they did uh, because it definitely made the dynamic um, of the film a lot stronger. It is very like Turkish drama that a girl would like fall <laughs> into the train track and like a really hot masculine guy would come and save her. But um, I-, I think we, we as an o- like we audience members, we love the underdog. So if they did keep it as like male saves a female type of story, they wouldn't they would have to cast someone who wasn't necessarily like you know square jawed or handsome like he would have to be someone that's like a nerd and like no yeah. one would love him <laughs> yeah i think like it would probably be like i don't know like jared leto i don't think he's that <laughs> handsome but like i think it could be someone like that yeah or maybe like, someone like a little bit older but then again that would be creepy creepy it's still creepy yeah. like in either ways i just think that um you know, and this movie, it was, I mean, it came out in 1995, which was, uh, like, only slightly after we were born. <laughs> so, um, it's, I feel like for its time, it definitely, um, it definitely had, I, I have to say, like, usually when I watch those older movies from the 90s, there's a lot of, like, things that are very, like, anti-feminist, and you're like, oh, damn, like, they, this is now was not gonna fly by anyone. But I feel like this film did not really have that many, um, like, red flags in that sense. It was just very, it was very normal. 
Um, Sandra B just played like a character who she is. She isn't like someone who is, um, you know, experienced in relationships or in love or in anything. So she just kind of portrayed that feeling of like nervousness and like. Yeah, and then also it would kind of make sense like for someone who's like that shy as Lucy who. Yeah doesn't speak up for herself and then when they automatically think that she's the fiance then it's like oh like i need to tell them but then like she also has like pity for the grandmother because she doesn't want to give her a heart attack yeah yeah it's 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 part it's part of her selfless character backstory yeah uh so in 1984 uh disney hollywood pictures bought the script and they were going to have Chris Columbus direct it and have Harrison Ford and Gina Davis to star. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that would have uh, been a different movie. I know. It would have been so different. Uh, and then the producers felt that Columbus wasn't the right fit. So then they'd hire Turtle Tub. But then once they hired him, Gina and Harrison decided to back out. So then they had to recast and they went through like people like Demi Moore, Meg Ryan, Julia Roberts, Tradition, uh, but the crew felt they were too big of an A-list star to, you know, take on this yeah, role. Yeah, I don't know if Meg Ryan or Demi Moore would have worked for this type of character either. Like, no. I feel like Sandra B playing this type of character is very believable because she is. She just gives off this vibe of a, being a down-to-earth person. And then also, like, she can almost, like, pass as someone who came from, like, a blue-collar... Yes. ...area. Versus, like, you know, uh, kind of, like, big eyes, big hair type of characters. Yeah. And funny about that was they also had Nicole Kidman audition. Wow. But Turtle Tub said he turned her down because he felt that she was too pretty. Well, I mean, I have to agree. I mean, it's, it's I mean, I will, I, again, I think Sandra B is very No, beautiful. I mean, it's not, yeah, it's not. But Nicole Kidman is, like, Barbie pretty. Like, yeah. she's just, like, you know, she wears a lot of makeup, uh, even in her early roles, uh, even more so now. But um, I just don't see her being in an apartment with a cat and, like, pulling a Christmas tree up to the, I don't know what floor she was living at. I uh, just don't see Nicole yeah. Kidman doing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then uh, they decided to hire Sandra, and it was over the, the monologue that she did. Uh, and then um, they had Bill Pullman, and they decided to pick him out of James Bader, Dylan McDermott, and Matthew McConaughey. Oh, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> that would have and, been. And the funny thing about Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> they, they felt that he was like good for the role, but they felt he couldn't get rid of his Texan accent. Oh, okay. And he was like, yeah, I could get rid of it. But the casting director was like, no, he's not going to get rid of it. I, mean, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have been mad at him well, playing it. He's, he's, a, he's a great actor. And I feel like he can definitely play a character of a guy who, like, falls in love with his brother's fiance and, like... Yeah. And, and the funny thing is that they were going to try to rewrite it, but then they felt that it would be too much to change Work. it to, like, being located in Texas instead of, like, somewhere like New York or Chicago. Yeah. Um, so they just decided to go for Bill. Uh, and then for Bill, like, they felt, again, he, he looked like someone who was, like, a blue-collar. So 
again, I think it's like they wanted people who look like that. They were like normal, yeah, but, like still pretty, but like still like normal looking. Yeah, or, like probably don't have a lot of like a lot of like A list roles in their background or something. I think it was more of that at that time. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so they shot on location in Chicago, and this was more affordable than being shot on location in New York. Oh, really? Yeah, because they had a $17 million budget, and they knew that it probably wouldn't work for New York That's with insane. all the permits yeah. and, and everything. Uh, and then, fun fact, the famous slippery sidewalk scene was actually uh, not staged. It was, like, a real thing. Oh, really? Yeah. So And the just the actors went with it? Yeah, yeah, I guess, like, they just probably went a sidewalk, and then Turtle Tub was like, okay, try to do your lines while you're trying to go across this, <laughs> this sidewalk. Wonderful. <laughs> I'm pretty sure insurance wouldn't be okay with that now. <laughs> no, it well, didn't. yeah, I don't think so. I Well, because, like, they did have, like, you know, short, like... Um, padding, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, they did have padding. But, I mean, still. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we live in the day and age of CGI, and I think at the time, this type of movies, like, now there's an expectation that any film, doesn't matter if it's a rom-com or whatever, yeah. if there's, like, an action scene or something that is, like, not doable by the actors or you don't want to risk their hips breaking, like, CGI is okay. I think back in the 90s, CGI was, like, reserved for, like, movies like Jurassic Park and, like, you know, uh, things that were kind of, like, big blockbuster films, so... Yeah, like, action, Actors sci-fi. had to do a lot of their stunts, too. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's go into the story. Um, so Lucy is a fair token uh, collector for the Chicago Transit Authority uh, station at the famous Randolph and Wabash station. Just so you know, audience, that area is torn down. So if you wanted to go see it, it's not there anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn. So, uh, but yeah, she... She has a secret crush on this handsome commuter named Peter. At the time, she doesn't know his name or, like, what he does. Uh, They're still strangers. And then on Christmas Day, she rescues him um, from an oncoming train after a group of muggers pushed him onto the tracks. And he falls into a coma as she accompanies him to the hospital. And then when Lucy tries to follow Peter and the nurses into the next room, one of the doctors tells her that she cannot join them because they are—they don't allow non-family members. And then she muses aloud that she was going to marry him, causing one of the nurses to overhear it and think that Lucy is Peter's fiance. Um, and then the nurse later tells Peter when they question oh wait the nurse later tells peter's family when they question why lucy is in the room uh and then they become ecstatic because they're like oh my god like we're so happy that he finally found someone and he found you (laughs) do you want to go into like the story yeah well i well the thing is i'm laughing because that part is just uh one of those parts where you as the audience so i i really love stories where the audience members know know more than some of the characters so we kind of just that dramatic irony yeah exactly so we just kind of like see things just kind of 
light up on fire even more and more as things progress. So I think she just, um, uh, you know, I feel like Lucy just sees this family. They're already freaking, freaking out. They're stressed. They were first hostile towards her. Like, who is this person in the room? They were like, that's his fiance. Also, she saved his life. And then everyone was just like, oh, my God, you're amazing. Um, and then Lucy just feels like, uh, when is the right time to, like, tell these people that I'm not engaged? And then she even confronts the nurse who, like, spreads that rumor. And the nurse is like, why don't you next time just say that you're a single woman and keep it to yourself? <laughs> and that line made me laugh. Um, uh, but then Lucy just finds herself in this situation. The next day, I believe she comes and visits yeah. Um, Peter in the hospital and she has that scene that you said she auditioned for where she says like um, I was going to tell them but I feel like you know I've just never had people like me like that I've never had family like that um, but it did fall in love with you even though you don't know that I exist and who has been like listening to her in a very dramatic like melodrama type of way is Saul who's like this kind of like you know, uh, also father figure, I believe, to Lucy ends up being like a father figure to her later on in the movie. But he's the godfather of Peter. And he keeps on, you know, holding on to that secret because he wants to figure out if she's like a good person or a bad person. He wants to see what she does. Now, um, Lucy uh, lives in this building with, uh, you know, her uh, landlord's son. And uh, his name is uh, Joe Jr. Yeah. And Joe Jr. basically is, like, so full of himself. He's the type of guy who's, like, kind of, like, um, you know, he just focuses attention on any woman that will say yes to him. But he just keeps pretending and saying that, you know, Lucy's, like, his girlfriend. And so when Lucy gets invited to the family's, I believe, Christmas or... Yeah, it was, like, a late Christmas because since... Uh, the accident happened on Christmas Day. Yeah. That they're like, oh, we couldn't celebrate Christmas. Yeah. So do you want to come over? And it was just like a dinner and then later like opening presents and then they had like a present for her. Yeah. They were like from Santa. To this day, I like, I'm kind of thinking, I'm like, who's Santa? And I was thinking, because when I watched the movie the second time, it has been a long time since I've seen, seen it and I was like, is it like Saul who's like trying to give her like a secret message like I know your secret um I mean I think it's like Midge I think like yeah it's like the mom or the mom or the or the even the sister I like that the sister uh you know was just kind of very like the whole family was just very welcoming towards her nowhere kind of gave her the hard time like you know sometimes yeah. people give the new girlfriend or new fiance a hard time but they were actually super duper nice like even though they don't know anything about her um, which kind of uh, takes us into this, you know, um, idea that this family, they're just, like, they just assume the best in everyone, right? Yeah. Like, they're so easy to get hurt. And that's why I believe Saul, the godfather, was kind of, like, concerned about, like, making sure that Lucy doesn't hurt them. You can go on, tell them the rest of the story. Uh, yeah, so um, the following day... Um, it was basically the next morning. Lucy wakes up. Well, wait. Uh, doesn't Jack come over at night? Yeah. So, overnight, he comes over. He comes, like, late. And he watches her, which is kind of, like, creepy, well, too. Well, no, he didn't watch her, He was like, like who's overnight. this lady sleeping? <laughs> no, it was, like, he noticed, like, a figure on the couch. And I was like, who's that? And, and then the, the sister was like, oh, it's Lucy. It's like, who's Lucy? It's like, Peter's fiance. 
And he's like, oh, okay. He's like the opposite of his family. He's very oh, like. Oh yeah, he was like the the I would say like the only one that questioned yeah. why she's there. Every little thing. Yeah. And Joe Jr. did not make it easy. No. Uh, so yeah, like the next day, uh, Lucy wakes up and like tries to sneak out, but then Jack is like sitting with his like coffee on the staircase. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, hey, like you're Lucy, right? And. She was like, yeah, and you're, you're Jack, right? And, and he was like, I don't believe we met. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, you know, he was like, oh, like, you know, it's, it's nice to meet you and all that stuff. And, and then, like, I think, like, um, later, a little later, uh, Jack goes to visit uh, Lucy, and he meets Joe Fusco, who basically tells him, he's like, oh... I he was um, Peter was saying um, no sorry Jack was saying oh do you know Lucy from thirty six B or something like that yeah and then let's so know her yeah he's like know her <laughs> I'm dating her <laughs> which I feel like if I was Jack in that situation if a guy like talks like that about someone they're probably not with them like I've never seen a guy say no her I've just been dating like. Most guys would be like, yeah, she just happens to be my girlfriend. He was, I feel like Jack kind of, you know, jumped the gun on that one. He was oh, just Oh, yeah, too... because he immediately went to the family and yeah. he, was, he was questioning Lucy's, like, oh, like, you know, blah, you're blah, too blah. timing. Yeah, you're too timing. And then the parents are like, what are you talking about? And it's like, you know, he, she's dating Joe Fusco Jr. I know, he had his panties in a bunch. I don't know why yeah. he, like, entered the scene, like... <laughs> Uh, you know how they say like in the middle of the scene was it is it mise-en-scene is that what it is it's like he just entered into the family just kind of like I don't like this why is this girl you know sitting in my house sleeping on my couch eating our food like I want to know who she is but I think it's uh, it goes back to play on the idea that this film kind of plays where it's like you know um, he falls in love with her first I believe and that's why he you know kind of like boys pull on girls pigtails I think that that's what well he was I doing. think it's it could be like he's just sizing her up you know yeah like like trying to be like a big bird yeah and like trying <laughs> exactly <laughs> make these dance moves but yeah I mean I feel like often when men like a girl and like they don't know how to tell her how they feel they just start like you know messing with her teasing her or like and it's just unfortunately it's like an idea that just does yeah. not get old like it just goes on generation after generation yeah um, and then another rumor happened was uh when the sister came to visit yeah. lucy during like the toll booth area um like the sister was like oh yeah like she's getting married and then <laughs> Um, Lucy's friend and also co-worker was like wait you're getting married yeah <laughs> was she was shocked too and then um, when the sister and her friend were about to leave the co-worker was like wait are you pregnant I and believe then, it was like yeah beliefs it like Lucy was like yeah I'm pregnant but she yeah, was she joking was like, yeah she was doing it like as like a sarcastic yeah. thing I was like yeah I'm pregnant but then the friend thought of it as like no this is real like yeah. she's actually pregnant and then she goes and tells like the family is like oh like Lucy's pregnant and as a whole nother like <laughs> layer of yeah. like oh my god 
And I think I, I, I think that when um, uh, you know Jack cares about the pregnancy and he kind of like um, I believe he, you know he goes on a date with Lucy. I don't know if does yeah, he go like on the he, date before yeah, or after? Yeah, because she's going to like a New Year's Eve party. Yeah, and then while she's there. Um, and it was like with her like co-workers and even her boss yeah who's like who's this guy that followed you it's like oh that's Jack it's like it sounded like you were with Peter it's like yeah but he's in the coma it's like so Jack is Peter is <laughs> and then she's like yes because she tells her boss that she yeah. she's like I think it's because she goes on a date I remember when um, Jack comes over to her apartment and she has to hide Joe Jr. who like shows up and she has to put him in the closet. Yeah. And then Jack is like, I have this piece of furniture for you. And and he comes over to her apartment like a creepo style. Like, I'm like, you don't know her. You don't show up to someone's apartment like that. And then she was like, well, I guess I'll come with you. And then they go and take the furniture to... Um, to um, Peter's place. Which, another incident happens before that when, uh, you know, Lucy was given at the hospital a box of stuff that... Um, oh, yeah, like, the the guy is like, oh, here's, like, your fiancé stuff. Or her husband is like, she's not my husband. <laughs> oh, sorry, your fiancé. And, uh, and then she finds out that there's cat food. And because she's a cat owner, she's like, oh, there's a cat in the apartment. And I thought that that scene was really funny when she says... Well, I came here to feed his cat. And then oh, yeah. And his brother this was, was like, like when he was, like, still in this whole, like, investigation. Around. It's yeah. like, he doesn't have a cat. And then all of a sudden a cat comes out. And then she's like, oh, look, Fluffy. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that scene was really funny because that was just, And like, then, like, another one, like, right after that was like, oh, let's take, like, your car. Oh. And then she was like, okay. She takes the keys. And he's like, you know where his car is, it's right? Like, yeah, yeah, I do. And she, like. <laughs> and it's right in front of them. Like, oh, look, look, it's right here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, uh, we, we get in those incidents when we are inside uh, Peter's apartment those uh missed calls that his like ex-girlfriend or the woman he proposed to keeps calling him and saying you know like what the hell let's get married and she doesn't know he's in a coma so she keeps calling and thinking that he's ignoring her yeah because she does say like in like the second one is like is this on yeah <laughs> she yeah like she's kind of full of herself like she's kind of like i mean i don't know why you would be ignoring me and uh, I mean, no one knows that he's in a coma, but it's just like this entangled web. Yeah. And even his new doorman at the building is like, oh, yeah, I heard about the fiance, but I've never seen her. So, yeah, that was like when uh, they were moving the furniture. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, I've heard about her. She's scary. And Jack was like, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. I, I, I just I just think it's like all these little moments that they get to have in that one week. It definitely made their relationship stronger. And the fact that they both talked about like, their dream like of like what they want to do but they're not doing right now which is for her she wanted to travel abroad uh because that was like her dad was fascinated with maps and she wanted to go to italy italy i believe yeah florence yeah and he wanted to which i thought was weird like it's interesting like that that's the job they picked for yeah. the character where he was like i want to make rocking chairs for older people instead of doing my dad's business which is buying furniture from dead people yeah <laughs> and i was like how is that even a business but i guess it is 
Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, back to the New Year's Eve party. Um, like, while um, they're both there, and then, like, Lucy explains to her boss, like, yeah, like, that's Jack, that's not Peter. <laughs> and then it's trying to you know kind of let him know I was like no like this is happening this is happening yes I like him no I don't like this person and then the boss is like Lucy there are doctors <laughs> for this thing for this kind of thing <laughs> and then uh so then she's like ticked off goes to like the punch bowl that's probably spiked or something because Jack comes along is like that's spiked and she's like thank god and it's like you shouldn't be drinking, drinking that. that and then she's like why not and he's like, because it's not good for the baby. <laughs> and everyone silence. And <laughs> Which is funny, because if you were at an actual normal party, no one would even hear you. Like No. Because, like, no one's that, like, they're Attentive and, to yeah. her specific problem. Uh, but I just thought it was a funny kind of, like, rom-com moment where everyone just turns around and is like, <gasps> and, like, she just cut to her storming out well it could be like that they're thinking of like oh this is a film and when we're doing this party scene the music is not there so we're just partying and like like pretending that we're talking but really we're not talking oh yeah the way they used to film oh my god background (laughs) actors um yeah i always i I thought that scene was really funny because um i just thought it was interesting because she she doesn't seem to have actual friends they're all like work friends but she doesn't have like a bestie or someone that she hangs out with i would say like the closest friend that she has is the landlord yeah like when she gives him like a present and then he's like oh you you shouldn't and her boss because she talked to him about her like love story and then um later on she kind of like gives him the wedding invitation and stuff yeah and then he's like wait this is your wedding (laughs) invitation he's like yes i know (laughs) he was he was i think he was like you know how, like, in the early 2000s, there was the uh, stereotype of the sassy gay friend who, like, gives you advice on, like, you know, relationship? But in that time, during that... 19, well, yeah, that during point, that time, it was, like, the age, so they couldn't have the yeah, gay best friend. so they had to have, like, you know, the black guy was just, like, the older, like... Yeah. And, 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 and I, I, you know, I find it interesting. I still, to this day, like the dynamic or the stories when, uh, like... Um, you know, women in their 20s, they have, they don't have other female friends in their 20s, but most of their friends are, like, a man, middle-aged man that is, like, the landlord or, like, my boss or, like, yeah. you know, people who are kind of, like, uh, you know, parental figures towards her and she just, she doesn't hang out around people her own age is what I mean. Yeah, because, and then, like, I would say, like, the only co-worker that's probably at her age is, like, the lady that, um, That thought she was pregnant in yeah. the, yep. But, but I think even that, like, it's, like, probably more of, like, good friends, but not, like, best friends. Well, yeah, I mean, work friends, and, yeah. and like, which shows, like, she doesn't really have much of a social life, um, but, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, um, so then when New Year's Day comes, Peter wakes up basically, like, a little after midnight, and so the family and Lucy come to visit him at the hospital, and as he like says hi to everyone he doesn't remember lucy and then everyone thinks that he has amnesia (laughs) which is so funny because it's like 
that was their immediate like they're so trusting and loving of Lucy. Oh yeah. That their first thought was that. Because <laughs> even the dad was like, "My God, selective got amnesia." <laughs> <laughs> and even the doctor. That's the other funny part is that even the doctor doesn't even like doesn't even um, kind of entertain the possibility that yeah. Lucy is in fact someone that he doesn't know. Yeah. Uh, he just immediately goes and he says, "That's like a form of selective amnesia." And I'm just like, is that even real? Like, I don't know. It possibly is if we yeah. look it up. But I mean, like, yeah. I mean, maybe for, like, if it's, like, a very traumatic experience. Yeah. But I know, like, for people who experience assault or something like war in their tra- Yeah, in the other time, yeah. so traumatic that sometimes they don't remember that, like, almost, like, their brain kind of, like, removes that part. Yeah. So it can happen, but... I but mean, in that specific instance, it was like, yeah. she's your fiancé. Yeah. So it would be weird that you would forget your fiancé. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, like, he still had that same look. He still does now in a lot of his films where he was just, like, open wide. Yeah, it's like... Eyebrows flying, <laughs> you know, in an animated way. Like, um, yeah, it was, it was an interesting scene. And I believe... Oh, and I, I don't think... His brother, Jack, was in the hospital with them at that time. Because I feel like Jack would have been suspicious if he heard the temporary amnesia thing. No, I think he was there, I think. I think, like, the entire family. That was there? Yeah. And then, um, like, I think, like, Peter and uh, Jack did have, like, that talk. Like, remember when Jack gave him, like, the ice cream? Yeah. And then Peter decided to be like, oh, like, I need to... Well, that was after... So that was... So after the temporary amnesia thing, Saul, who was the only person that knew about Lucy's secret, uh, you know, they meet up, they kind of have a huddle, and she's like, we have to tell them. And uh, Saul's like, no, no, you, I got this girl, I'll do it. And then Lucy's in her apartment, and obviously uh, Joe Jr. is there again. And she sees, um, she sees Jack, and she tells him, like, you know, tomorrow might be different. Like, tomorrow everything might be different. But then we cut to Saul, and Saul, instead of telling his godson, uh, Peter, like, hey, like, this girl's been pretending to be your fiancé, because he loves Lucy so much, he actually tries to convince him to fall in love with her. Yeah, because he says, like, oh, like, she's your guardian angel. Yeah. Like... (laughs) Like, she's like, if I was if I was her age, I would totally marry Lucy. Like, everyone loves her. She's so lovable that they don't want her to be out of the family. And I feel like uh, that was Saul's way of, like, he meddled. And that kind of causes, you know, more hurdles and, like, the story or the love story between her and, um, you know, her and Jack. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Peter is, like, kind of a pushover, too. Like... Someone tells him to fall in love with a girl, and he just does it. Yeah, because, like, when Lucy comes to visit Peter, then he was like, oh, I want to propose to you. And then she accepts, even though she still loves Jack. Because, um, like, it was, like, during that, like, time where, like, she and Jack started to form a friendship and then kind of almost becoming into a platonic love. Well, yeah, because that same night after they hear about the, like, she does the proposal... He comes to her apartment, I believe, and she's wearing the wedding dress. Yeah. And then she asks him, do you think there is any reason for me not to marry your brother? And obviously, like, that's girl talk for, like, tell me that you have feelings for me because I feel like you're feeling me, but you're not. 
but you're not saying anything. And he doesn't, and that breaks her heart. And so when she, uh, when her, uh, when she gives the wedding invitation to her boss, he's like, "Why are you not marrying Jack?" She said, "Because he doesn't love me." Yeah. And then he's like, "You're crazy." And she's like, "Oh, it's crazy! It's crazy for me to accept the proposal of a guy who's rich and like his family likes me. Like, it's crazy for me to like, yeah, you know, to not like that. use my." passport finally yeah and then like have like a stamp yeah. this is illy on it but it was more like more emotional than what i'm saying <laughs> yeah like she was basically saying like you know she has to marry peter because it's better than having no one and that's like something that she constantly told jack is like when he kept he kept trying to tell her that he likes her, obviously, without telling her directly. It's a, it's a weird common theme, by the way, with, like, a lot of those, like, male characters where if the guy character just from the beginning was like, hey, I like you, it would have just made the whole story a lot more easier. Um, yeah, but this is a film. Like, well, there it shouldn't be. I know. Like, it's funny, but I just feel like it really mirrors real-life experiences where you hear stories of people who've, like, harbored feelings for someone for years. And it's usually men because women can't really hold it in that long. They're just <laughs> no, like, because we just go to our friends. Yeah, it's like oh, <laughs> we like your friend. Like women are very, we're we're just we're not necessarily like even even as you see Lucy, like she even confesses to an unco- unconscious man, like hey, I might have fallen in love with you. Like I feel like men have a hard time admitting that they have feelings even when they do and then they wait when it's like a little too late like he literally had an opportunity to stop her from getting married but he was basically like well i guess no there's no reason my brother is great and he knows his brother is not great because his brother is like a tool and like his brother is like this lawyer guy who doesn't really care about girls like lucy and so he just i thought that that made him like weak i just felt like lucy had to step up and be the one to like steer the ship and in the end of the film you know uh, i believe like jack just gets his courage back yeah yeah so yeah like that incident happened where lucy was asking him like hey do you like me and he's like uh i kind of do but deep like deep down but i can't say it so i'm just gonna let you and he walks out and yeah. walks away like such a I don't know diva <laughs> like I'm just like seriously yeah so like on the wedding day I'm assuming it was like the next day uh she goes to um like the hospital wasn't that like a weird wedding because she, like, yeah, she had to like, show up on her own like yeah it was like in the hospital in like a certain part I'm assuming it was like in that religious room yeah that like, like the churchy room yeah, yeah. so she goes there she's a little late but she gets there on time and then like kind of like scrambles because she forgets to take off her coat has to put it away then like goes back to the start of the end of the row and then like walks yeah and they have to restart the music yeah so then once she finally gets up there uh, and then the priest like says dearly beloved and is about to <laughs> go on she says I object <laughs> and then Jack falls behind is like yeah I object too <laughs> and I'm j- that that's I thought that was kind of empowering to Lucy's character because it just kind of um, it took away you know how like usually um, in a lot of like those uh, heroic male figure films where 
we just see the man kind of like take action but here we had Lucy's character had to be the one who says I object first and yeah. then he was like I follow you know what I mean instead of him being like the one who's like I love you Lucy and she had to be like mm, I have to decide no like she made the decision yeah and then he was like really happy that she made that decision which I feel is very empowering for her as a character but I still like this annoying character of like men who are just like they leave things until the last minute because if this was a drama and not a rom-com it would have been a tragedy and lucy would have been married to the wrong guy but uh yeah they basically she basically tells i'm like i've been lying to you guys i fall in love with your son they were like we know she's like no no your other yeah, son yeah not that son the other one <laughs> and like and i love that peter the whole time is just standing there like huh what's going on yeah. like he wasn't angry he wasn't like happy he was just kind of like well i mean he kind of was upset like when lucy was leaving and then his like ex-girlfriend yeah comes, comes in. in with her husband yeah and and then she's like i object and then the priest is like get in line <laughs> and then everyone's like who's this and then um, uh, Peter was like oh yeah that's like the woman that I tried to propose but then only to find out that um, like she's already married yeah so so then his mom is like you proposed to a married woman and he was like well yeah like I you know like I didn't know and then I also didn't know that you know my brother was you know flirting with my assuming fiance. fiance and then a whole and then and then yeah. yes it like lucy leaves and everyone goes up to the altar and they're like how could you peter yeah and they're just like arguing with each other yeah and, and like the grandmother is taking photos of everything yes her character is really funny and then like we cut to i believe to lucy in her apartment and uh or she was she at the train station or her apartment? I believe she gets consoled by J Joe Jr. Yeah, I think like he came by. I think he gave her flowers or something, or it was something. And oh, then he, and then he's like, "Oh, I got my heart broken." Yeah, and then he was like, "Oh, I'm I'm good." And then he starts crying. Yeah, and then she was like, "Oh, like, are you okay? Do you want to wear? Let's try on some of my shoes." Yeah, let's try to wear some of my shoes. And he's like, "Okay." And then uh, the following day, she's back at the toll booth, and apparently this is like her last day um, at the toll booth, so I'm assuming like probably like a week has gone by. And so while she's there, her co-worker says goodbye to her, and then she kind of just, you know, just goes on with her day, and then all of a sudden, like a ring comes out from like the, the token area. area. Yeah, the yeah. token area. And then she looks up to find Jack, and then the family, minus Peter, but the family just standing there, like, smiling. Oh, like, we want you to be our future Yeah, and then Jack is like, I have a question for you. And then she said, not without a toll booth. And then he pays the toll booth, goes inside the toll booth, uh, and then, like, kisses her. And then, like, everyone's cheering and then like I'm we cut to the wedding yeah scene. like probably months later yeah <laughs> very like cinderella like you know it's like in the pumpkin carriage so it's like yeah oh. but it's a subway station yes <laughs> yes and then they're like we're gonna go to florence and yeah, it's just he's, he's taking me to florence like 
area. And like, how is he even able to afford that when he's like making chairs and hey, tables? Hey, maybe he had stuff. like a savings account. You don't know. I know. I mean, maybe I guess it's because I'm a millennial. So when I'm thinking well, yeah, about this is like 31 year old 2008 recession. Yeah, like I think they uh, they probably had enough money to like like when when Lucy said. Melissa said she was like, yeah, I always dreamed of a life where I had a house, but now I have an apartment and a cat, and I'm like, you're complaining? <laughs> it's like, dude, we can't even have a cat. I know. It's like, it's like, yeah, exactly. You're just kind of like, I think you're pretty good, Lucy, for a 31-year-old right now. Like, a house? Are you kidding me? Yeah, and then I'm probably assuming that the job that she works at probably has benefits. Yeah. And, like, has, like, And that the minimum wage was... Yeah paying well enough yeah. for her to afford um yeah i just i thought that it was it's a sweet film um but what thoughts do you have about it like let's go let's i, I believe yeah. you said you had some things you wanted to discuss yeah so um i mean for me for lucy because i know you already talked about your thoughts i mean for me i think like lucy was like a pretty like she was a pretty good like figure for people like us that aren't like from that aren't like you know like ideally beautiful you know in terms of like men or like society like their type of what beauty is and like just being her being like a blue collar person and like just you know trying to get by and then like she gets this chance to be like oh like my crush is in a coma and like I want to be with him I want to like you know have like kind of like see if he's okay but I can't say that I'm just a friend so she accidentally says like oh like I was going to marry him like in her head but then like comes out through her mouth (laughs) and um yeah so I think like also like her idea of like what uh, love is I think like in her head in the beginning and like it's almost like oh like it's you know being like married to like a rich guy being married to like someone who's like pretty hot but then not knowing that there's probably someone like Jack who's he yeah like is kind of like you that isn't as pretty or as handsome and probably doesn't have like a high-rise apartment or like a expensive job but like hey like he really does love you so it's almost like she realized that her um thoughts on love has evolved and then she accepts it so that's just my opinion yeah i i agree with you on that i feel like again i feel like the perception of beauty is definitely very subjective in different cultures um I feel like probably around the mid 90s uh brunette women were kind of like uh seen as the underdogs unlike current times where our standards of beauty have definitely shifted um people actually like you know odd beauties they also like women who are you know they don't wear too much makeup they don't have crazy hair colors they don't have a lot of like like it's always perceived that less is more now in our current standards of beauty yeah and then also like just like it doesn't have to be a particular like phenotype yeah like people are more ethnically like diverse now so they they start to see standards of beauty as different like 
no one wants uh, someone to have kind of like the very Roman uh, looking type of like face, nose, yeah, the and Anglo-Saxon. chin. Yeah, Anglo-Saxon. Yeah, I mean, people find different things, but I feel like for its time, this movie definitely had like a character of, um, you know, again, a woman that doesn't like. Um, she just doesn't she's truly beautiful but she just doesn't put too much effort in her appearance like she doesn't put on curlers she doesn't put on lipstick she doesn't put on a lot of makeup because yeah, her she job like is wears collar. like timberlands and yeah. jeans and and that makes her likable for and I don't really think it's about appearance I think it's really for me it's about personality uh, because I've always as a woman I've always I've always understood that I was you know, people perceive me as beautiful, and but at the same time, I was also very tomboyish. I wasn't good at talking to guys. I was kind of a nerd. So it's like it doesn't matter if you are uh, aesthetically like you know perfect or not. When you feel like you are an underdog, it will just change the way you behave around people. And I feel like that's what, you know, Sandy B is. Like, I feel like she's just played this character where she is a beautiful person, but she just doesn't, you know, she just doesn't put herself on, like, a pedestal. She just yeah. kind of, like, lives life like, I'm just a girl who wants to fall in love with a guy. And I think it was very interesting for me that the first scene we see her is in, like, you know, she's in the train station after, you know, she's in her apartment. And she's alone and no one is approaching her and then we see the proposal at the train station so it's kind of like having that man come into her life idea of like she really didn't have to do much to attract her i guess soulmate or the right guy right yeah. so i think that idea is i feel like it was very empowering and beautiful because she didn't really have to change who she is to get real love but she had to kind of let go of the ideas of like Oh, just because I yeah, like love standards. Yeah, like she. What's well, not really standards? I think it's just that she learned or that. Or maybe expectations. Well, it's like it's kind of like you know, just not everything that shines is gold type of thing. Where I just feel like the brother Peter was just yeah, he's a lawyer, but that doesn't mean that he has a great personality. Like he might be the most boring human being ever. They might not have anything in common. He might be good looking, but he is the kind of guy that is just so obsessed with his looks that it's just, it takes away from their relationship. And I think that as women grow older, like when we were younger, I feel like as teenagers, we always aim to be with a guy that is like cute and, you know, kind of like uh, bad boyish and like he doesn't pay attention to us because that's like a narrative that is taught to women. But then as women kind of get older and they mature more, they start to want to be with someone that they find attractive, but someone who's like not so into themselves that they can't see you as like their, you know. And that's like what I liked about Jack's character is that he truly liked Lucy. He was like really in awe of her and he just thought she was great even though she just worked at the token train station. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, I think Jack is, like, very down-to-earth, like, almost reflects Lucy. Like, he is also someone who doesn't really focuses on his appearance. Um, I think he it, he was a bit uh, suspicious of her and went through this whole, like, investigation, like, detective um, realm. But then he realized that, oh, like, she's a pretty, like, 
good person that it's almost he fell in love with her as a result and I think like overall I think Jack and Lucy probably were you know a pretty good couple um and yeah I think like he just like I I would say like the only negative about him was that again he was not very confident about like telling her that you know he loves her yeah you know like he was like like doing this whole like skirting around it being like oh like you know what are you gonna do like type of thing and then Lucy's like oh I'm gonna marry Peter it's like what do you think about that and instead of like saying his own thoughts he was like oh you know I think you know you guys will be a great couple but doesn't really put his actual thoughts in I I would say like that's the only negative about him he doesn't put his needs forward he's just kind of waiting for things to happen for him yeah and it reflected too on his desire to tell his dad that he wants out of the business and I really like that interaction because his dad then says I wish you told me earlier because it would have saved me a lot of trouble I could have sold the business I could have done this I could have done that and it just kind of shows that uh, sometimes you know telling people what you want can actually help you not waste your time or their time yeah which uh, because he was like oh i could have like taken your mom on that cruise last yeah. year or something like that yeah and he was like oh i thought you wanted to you know work with me for the rest of your life and he's like no i don't i don't want to do that <laughs> and then like i think that probably helped him speak up during the uh wedding even though like yes like lucy said objection first but at least, like, he put in his two cents to let her know that, hey, I'm still interested. Yeah. And then, like, later on, going to her to her toll booth to be like, hey, I have a question for you. <laughs> Even though it's like, shouldn't you at least have, like, a couple more dates before you? I know. I just, I think it's, in. well, I, I actually, so here's my thing. I mean, as someone who, I love romance, and I just, I'm one of those people that, um, I truly believe that you can be completely wrong about a person, but I also believe that being with someone or getting to know someone for years doesn't necessarily equal strong relationship. Like you hear those stories about couples who have been happily married for 35 plus years and their story is always like, we met and like after you know three months we got married and you're just like, how did they make it work? And I think... Um, for a lot of those people, it's really about that they both just wanted the same things and they just didn't want to wait to get to that step. And I think that that's romantic. I mean, I know we live in a culture currently, especially in the US, I'm only talking about the US because it's not really the case around the world, but in the US, like divorce rates are really high. So people are always very like paranoid about proposing and getting married. But the way I see it, it's really just um, a lack of like, taking initiative or taking a chance on your life because relationships are not about like oh my god this is my soulmate relationships is about you fall in love with someone and then you work really really hard every day to stay together and keep this relationship alive and so I think that's yeah. really cute that this story was about like two people who were age appropriate you know they weren't like 21 <laughs> they were you know early 30s so I think that that's like a good age to be like yeah, I guess if I fall in love with a girl and, like, 
we go through this crazy story where she pretends to be my brother's fiance and she saved his life that I would totally marry her um, would I marry a guy after one week if you proposed to me probably not but um, I just I think that that type of narrative you know is cute and should exist um, not that I you know support the one week policy but I do love the idea of um, bringing that innocence back to like just being in love yeah. you know instead yeah. of it being like I feel like a lot of relationships and even in movies and TV shows it's always reflected and such but they always end like and they're splitting up is that people feel like they have to go through steps or like they have to go through certain motions before they can say I love you and I want to spend the rest of my time they're like well first I need to do this step then this step and then I'm gonna sit and wait for the guy to tell me about the third step. And it's just like they waste so much time. But if like you're really sure about someone, I just feel like why wait? That's m my approach to like relationship, especially if you're age appropriate. That's like something yeah. I'm saying. Well, I mean, like yeah, like I think like there are relationships that you know they get married after like three months or less. Yeah. Like there are relationships like that, and you know it works out. You know, and then there are some that they were married for like 10 years and then they break up you know because maybe they found out that marriage isn't their thing yeah you know maybe they like to you know just be a partner with someone but not really be which know, i tend to see too in like um and i feel like i feel like in film and film and television too they well in film and television we have to kind of go back when we talk about romance we always have to you know if if the intent of the film to make people feel good they don't always make it easy for the characters to be with the person they love but at the same time they don't end it in like yeah they've been living together for five years and yeah. like then they just never got married because that's not romantic that's not you know that's kind of like painting the worst picture possible which is yeah that's more of like an intro of like a love story where someone wants to get married but the other person doesn't yeah and they break up with them somehow and, and then, they, then they restart the yeah. it's kind of like what insecure did too yeah. like i believe um i just i think that uh, sometimes it's refreshing to watch those older films and see like I also like, you know, movies like When Harry Met Sally because it's like, it's a story about a woman and a man who've known each other since they were like yeah, 19. Yeah, I think it was like a, what, like a 15? No, it can't be that. No, no, it's it's like the 80s. No, but I'm saying like over the course of their relationship. Oh, no, it was, it was exactly, so their relationship was 12 years. Okay, 12 so years. So they met when they were like 19. Yeah, it was uh, just 19. after, yeah, yeah. just like during they were like traveling during college were like 19 years old or something and then they basically uh kind of like went through relationships she got married he got married or i don't know if she got married she probably was engaged no she was engaged but then they broke, <laughs> they up. broke up and he was married and got divorced at the age of 25 or something which yeah. i guess at the time was like normal uh, and then they basically became friends and it's just like basically the whole point of this film is that like you know women women can't really be friends and like just showing that beautiful story but when they finally told each other that they love each other they got married within three months so it was kind of an interesting storyline too but I feel like a lot of those older films have that storyline and it's more um, acceptable than it is of a current like right now I think people would freak out if they have a character <laughs> who like is like 
I fall in love with a guy, and after one week, I'm going to marry him. Like, people will probably freak out. Yeah. But that's because we kind of lost that kind of romanticized like, idea of love. Yeah. And then I think we, we were just so focused on, like, well, like, aren't you worried about, like... Are you worried about him being, like, the guy from you? Like, he's yeah. getting murdered. <laughs> murder oh, my God. Um, no, seriously. I mean, every woman at this day and age has to worry about a lot of things that I feel like we didn't have to worry about or our mom's generations didn't really have to worry about because they just their yeah, life was like simpler during their time like that's when like serial killers were which just is starting. interesting right yeah but they never like my mom for like when my mom uh, was in college she said that she had a lot of guys come up to her and like seriously propose to her and i'm like guys just coming up to you and proposing to you mom yeah and she was like yeah and she was like i wasn't as half as beautiful as you were i'm like i don't think it has to do with beauty mom i think it's probably because your time men were just like super bold yeah didn't get if they were just like yep let's get married i don't care yolo you know what i mean but i feel like in this day and age it would be very like what if like guys just kind of come up to you all the time and they're just very serious about a committed relationship but i thought i was like i i always believed like it would be so funny or interesting to go back in a time machine to that time just experience it from that perspective when um socially culturally men were just told like yeah man like you can just get married like so quickly it's fine like oh yeah now i feel like men are more like Oh my god, I need to know like her birthstone before I marry her. So <laughs> I, I feel like there's a different approach to commitment is what I'm saying back in the day and now. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that too. Yeah. Which is why it's nice to watch movies like that because they kind of like take you out of like your t- your own time and they just you're like, oh my god, would I fall in love with a guy if this went through? Like if I was in that situation? You always ask yourself, like, if you are in her situation, what would you do? Would yeah. you lie to the family? No, I probably wouldn't. Yeah, you'd probably be like, peace, bye, guys. I just saved his life. Yeah. But then that would not be a movie. I know. I probably would just be me hanging you out You just with go the back cat. to the train station. Just yeah, and sit at just home. hanging out with the cat. That'd be like the quickest short film. <laughs> it's like, it just starts with the whole thing. It's like the guy's in a coma. We don't even know what happened to the family, but just like... Lucy's all like, yeah, I, no, I didn't. And she doesn't even meet Jack. She just goes back home, plays with the cats, and then roll credits. Like, going back to normal. Yeah. Uh, let's do two more characters, and we should be good. Uh, so let's talk about Peter. Uh, I know that, like, throughout most of the film, he was in a coma, but um, I felt that, like almost kind of like what we were going through if we were in Lucy's shoes like at first we're like oh my god he's hot like he's good looking like oh look he's got a briefcase he's got he's doing something like important or something like that. he's got a briefcase yeah <laughs> you know someone is doing something important. I think it's the eyebrows I think I it's think so like... and then like him holding the door yeah the old lady as he has like his eyebrows moving. yeah he's like come in like yeah <laughs> Uh, but yeah and then I think like once he wakes up and then we know a little bit more about him and then also hearing like the voicemail and then like you know just like hearing stories about 
him from his family that it kind of seemed that Peter and the rest of the family weren't that close to each other. Yeah. Um, because, like, they were so glad that, like, they were able to get together, you know, for Christmas. For yeah, the, like, Christmas. I think it's because it's, like, it was, it's kind of like that stereotypes of, like, businessman, lawyer, guy. He doesn't have time for his family. He yeah. barely sees them. He lives in his fancy apartment. He doesn't come over for dinner and stuff yeah. like that. Um, so they were just kind of, like, happy to in, be a part of his world. Um, and that she was the window to his world and she's so likable and not like what they would expect at all. Yeah. And then, um, but yeah, I think like once we, he wakes up, we start to realize that, oh, he's not, he's not the ideal person that we originally thought in the beginning and that he was a completely different person and that he had flaws of his own and we realized that with lucy too like we were kind of like we develop as the audience with lucy as she discovers that about him even though in some of those scenes she's not even in the scene but we just have you know um like jack yeah jack talk and it's just you're like weird he is not we don't want him for lucy we just start to feel that way yeah yeah and then finally i wanted to talk about joe fesco okay I felt, I don't know, I think it's funny that he's, like, the comic relief in this film. But he did a good job, like, um, the actor. Yeah. Like, and then also I really like the leaning part when <laughs> Jack was telling Lucy, he's like, oh, yeah, like, he was doing the leaning part. And <laughs> you were doing the leaning towards Joe. Yeah. And then she was like, okay, how did I lean when I leaned? And then he was explaining, like, yeah, you were, like, leaning like this, almost, like, accepting and receiving. Or, like, some, like, stupid stuff. Do you feel, do you feel like, um, I find that, I thought that scene was really interesting. Do you feel like that uh, goes into um, kind of, like, how men and women view things differently mentality? Like, girls do a lot of things especially with around men that they just see as like my friend or coworker or whatever that are just very friendly but then another guy would show, show up and yeah. be like he was like totally into you and you're like what yeah. or Why? like that you know he thinks that the woman is into yeah it's just like what do you mean leaning i don't know what you're talking about i was just hugging him like a normal person but um i mean it's it's cute because it adds to that layer of like jealousy um which I kind of, I you know, one thing I like, again, about um, uh, Jack's character is that he didn't have a lot of toxic masculinity in him, which yeah. was refreshing. And even with Peter, like... Yeah. I mean, they were pretty... And also, I think with almost all the guy characters, like, they didn't really have this whole toxic masculinity. No, and, and like, they were just, you know, I feel like everyone was just, uh, even including Joe Jr., who likes to try on... Like, he was more of, like, a show-off guy that probably had, like, a thing for wearing Yeah, but he, like, didn't push her. He didn't. He was just kind of, like, there was nothing, I guess, um, none of the male characters were kind of intimidating in any way. And that was, it was kind of, like, a refreshing uh, look. And I also like the fact that, you know, you know, he was jealous. Like, you know, Jack was jealous, but he couldn't just you know say or like he couldn't really do anything about it he just pointed it out and she was just like you know like you're crazy like yeah. basically and then like joe's like hey loose are you okay because you looks like he's <laughs> leaning like i'm just i'm over here if you need anything and then he's like i know karate yeah. 
<laughs> and then turns around and like his hat gets hit by a branch and yeah. he's like <laughs> yeah I, I thought it was I thought, I thought that he was an interesting character and yeah I mean it's nice that he was also supportive of Lucy even when she was not interested in him he wasn't like a villain like he was actually no. just I mean, like a, I think he was just a guy that had a crush on Lucy yeah but knew that like he can never have her but like he always wanted it. yeah <laughs> he um, always like tried to like oh maybe why not another time yeah and One i, I love how his dad like his dad was trying to sell him in the beginning of the film he's like joe jr is still single and she was like no thanks yeah she's like shocking oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah um i think that's it for me uh do you have any other notes on no i just thought it was a great film and uh i hope that our listeners have seen the film but if you haven't you should probably oh, yeah. watch it <laughs> yeah if you if you haven't seen it it's on or if you want to watch it again yeah. yeah if you haven't seen it it's on disney plus you know so if you have someone who has disney plus or if you yourself has disney plus i think know. verizon is doing a deal now where you get disney plus with your lines or something oh yeah and then i think hulu hulu Does and disney hulu still have a deal where well, it's like they it, do they have the bundle yeah. which i believe is like disney plus hulu and espn for 12.99 yeah which is basically how much you spend on netflix right yeah. yeah, yeah, I have that bundle. Yeah, mainly because I wanted to watch hockey. <laughs> you do. <laughs> um, I yeah, I have uh, ca- I use cable now, and I just I've discovered a lot of those older, older films too, which is kind of fascinating. The world yeah. of <laughs> streaming versus going back to cable as a millennial is fascinating. <laughs> but yeah, I watched the film, and uh, yeah, and me and. If you're in a mood to watch a romantic uh, comedy, that's the one for you. Yeah, I think like this is probably like one of the best rom coms I've ever seen. Um, than the proposal, but I think we'll probably talk about it in the future. Yes. Maybe like wait three months and then come back to you. Yeah, <laughs> I would love that. It'd be wonderful. Thank you, you for having me. Oh yeah, no problem. Like maybe. Anytime I want to talk about Sandra Bullock movies, I'll just come to you. Yes, we should definitely do The Heat too. <laughs> yes. Okay, well, uh, thank you again. Um, if you have any inquiries or just like thoughts or just want to say hi, you can email us at jandmpodcast at, gm- at gmail.com. And then you can also follow us on Instagram. Uh, it's at J underscore A N D underscore M underscore podcast. <laughs> so yeah, um, thank you. Okay, bye.